Introducing the Two-Way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the Two-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the Two-Way for yourself at NewBalance.com. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome back to another edition of Through the Smoke, a Miami Hurricanes football and recruiting podcast here on the 24-7 Sports Network. Uh, the season officially ended on Saturday. We are not looking back in this podcast. We are looking forward. We are all about keeping it positive, And that means getting excited about talent acquisition season. Uh, which starts this week for the Miami Hurricanes. Uh, this coaching staff can focus solely on that phase of program building now that Miami is not bowl eligible and has no postseason game to prepare for. Um, want to say here, too, on the front end, if you're listening to this podcast on Monday, uh, today is the last day to take advantage of this 75% off deal that 24-7 Sports is offering for an annual subscription. This deal ends at 11.59 p.m. Eastern on Monday night. So if you're catching it uh, on Monday and haven't taken advantage yet, I think it's going to be an exciting few weeks here from a talent acquisition standpoint. Uh, A year's subscription for $27. I think the value is definitely there. The entertainment value is definitely there on Inside the U alone for $27, let alone the info Gabby is always dropping. So um, with it being talent acquisition season, let's, uh, you know, we're going to do kind of a quick podcast here, nothing too long, uh, but want to just share some names, you know, Mario Cristobal never stops recruiting. And that's one big reason why I am still very optimistic about the future. Um, If he doesn't land the top guy on his board, He's going to try for the next best guy. Uh, The gap between plan A and plan B with this coaching staff is not wide at all. Uh, He keeps going at the very best he can potentially land until it is clear that that option is not interested. Um, So just want to set the table. The recruiting contact period opens on Friday, December 2nd, and runs through the 18th which is a Sunday. Um, And then the early signing period runs from December 21st to December 23rd. That's when uh, recruits are officially locked in. Um, If they sign their letters of intent that day, they're officially locked in with that school. And then there is also the traditional signing day, uh, which is always the first Wednesday in February. So 
things are going to pick up here this week in the talent acquisition phase. Um, Gabby's been dropping some new names here and there uh, for fans to know over the last week during Thanksgiving, et cetera, et cetera. Gabby, let's start here at an FCS transfer portal name that I guess Miami's evaluating. I don't know if they've necessarily gone all in yet, um, but tell us about this player, his position, what we need to know about this FCS transfer portal option. Yeah, uh, you know, it seems like Miami's definitely interested in, um, again, I, maybe interested is a strong word, uh, you know, evaluating, uh, intrigued by uh, Harvard transfer Truman Jones, uh, first team all Ivy League uh, defender. He's played, I think he's spent four years in Cambridge, biomedical engineering major. So, <laughs> I mean, that's kind of wild. Um, over the course of his career, 88 tackles, 28, 28 and a half coming for a loss. 14 and a half sacks, 87 total pressures. Um, so, you know, definitely a guy that's gotten it done at the Ivy League, six foot four, 242 pounds, more of like a, you know, defensive lineman type potentially can play, um, you know, on the edge. So, uh, again, just kind of an intriguing name. I know that there's some schools that are kind of poking around there, just kind of going through his Twitter follows. It seems like, you know, high level staffers from US, USC, that's Southern Cal, uh, Kentucky, SMU, Oregon, Cal, Houston, Baylor, Pittsburgh, Auburn. Syracuse, UCF, uh, you know, th there's a bunch of schools that are kind of poking around there. So I expect him to be one of the top maybe FCS transfers to kind of emerge. Uh, obviously, you know, there has been some success between the, you know, transition from FCS to FBS. I think you can look at Florida State's Jared Verse as one uh, that obviously kind of worked out. So uh, just because they are coming from that level doesn't necessarily mean that they can't be successful. And, uh, you know, I do think that there is some interest on uh, on Miami's end, especially considering the need on the defensive line. And we know how much Mario Cristobal loves to add to the trenches and beef that up. So uh, I do think Truman Jones could be a, a potential name to know, which is why I dropped him uh, a few days ago. Yeah, and I think the thing that Miami needs to investigate there with FCS-level guys is – um, athletic testing, and also just you gotta you gotta get a feel for the body type. Uh, he's listed at six four two forty two. Not all six foot four two forty two looks the same, right? Um, so, and, and he looks fine, just like in pictures and stuff. But it's really best to to get eyes on a guy in person, and also to again, um, you got the guy has to have the athletic profile to get it done at the power five level, but he certainly has some intriguing traits uh, to explore. And from a Miami perspective, I would assume, you know, he, he'd be kind of like a depth piece on the edge rush unit. So, and it would make sense. He's a senior, you know, uh, one more year of eligibility. Um, and yeah, I guess I should say too, another date to know transfer portal. Um, unless guys have graduated, they cannot enter the transfer portal until December 5th, I believe, right? Which is next yeah. Monday, a week from today. So that's another key date to know. Okay. And there'll be other transfer portal names to know. Gabby has already dropped uh, some last week uh, at the receiver position. And uh, I would expect over the next week or so, plenty more names uh, will emerge high school names to know, uh, Gabby, I think one guy you dropped here recently 
you've kind of you discussed him as a name early on in the cycle that Miami liked a lot. And that is four-star safety Derek Williams out of Westgate High School in New Iberia, Louisiana. He ranks as the number 59 overall player in the country, according to 24-7. He is currently committed to Texas. He committed there in late June. Uh, Why did you drop his name on the website as a name to know, Gabby? Yeah, uh, Derek Williams, again, you know, I think someone that Miami really, really valued early on in the cycle, took an official visit to Texas over the summer. I believe that was his only one and then committed to the Longhorns. I think, again, I think just with this December period, I think it's always, you know, the time where everyone involved in the recruiting process kind of, you know, kind of takes a step back, reevaluates, you know, their options and stuff like that. And, you know, I think that Derek Williams being a guy that still has four official visits left on the board, I think is someone that is going to potentially look around a couple other schools. I do think Miami is one of the schools that he could potentially get to in December. Uh, so again, Miami's still looking for some safety help. Uh, you know, I was talking to a source who said that their, you know, con- you know, kind of communication with between them, Eric Williams was heating up. Uh, so, you know, I know that they're definitely working all angles of that recruitment and, you know, definitely a safety who has Miami's interest. So, um, you know, I do think it's a name to kind of continue to monitor. I'm not saying that he is coming to Miami or anything like that. Uh, but I do think that, you know, Miami yeah. is going to be one of, you know, a couple schools who could potentially get a look from the the Louisiana native. And again, Miami did have, uh, you know, success at the end of the of last recruiting cycle in Louisiana, kind of pulled Trevante Citizen away from some SEC schools there at the buzzard. And, you know, there are obviously some Louisiana ties. Uh, to the state. I mean, Ed Reed, obviously a Louisiana legend, late safety, always that connection. And then, you know, Dennis Smith, who kind of had, you know, really spearheads a lot of the recruiting efforts. He's a Louisiana guy too. And he's very, very involved in a lot of those conversations. So um, definitely just something to kind of keep in mind with Derek Williams. Yeah. Six foot two, 185. And I believe he visited back in what the spring, maybe April or so. Yeah, I think it was like April. Um, so he's visited UM, and we'll see if Miami can get him back for an official visit. Let's stay in the secondary. Um, there's another name to know, I guess, an Ohio State commit. Cornerback uh, Jermaine Matthews. He's a four-star guy, according to 24-7. Um, has a 90 grade, so he's kind of a borderline four-star, but he's on that four-star side of things. Goes to Winton Woods High School in Cincinnati, Ohio, six foot 175. He visited Ohio State and Cincinnati in the summer. Is he another guy, Gabby, that Miami's trying to get down on an official visit this month? Yeah, I'm not sure if they're at that point of the process yet. I think this is someone they're more evaluating. I don't think he even has an offer. Or the last time I spoke with, when I spoke with Jermaine Matthews, he said he didn't he didn't have an offer, but that he was very interested. And uh, Jamal Day and Marcus Van Dyke had been kind of talking to him. So, you know, I, I think it's important to note that the priority guys are still the priority guys. And that's Damari Brown, the Plantation American Heritage uh, cornerback. Jakeem Jackson, the Florida commit from Kiss Me Osceola. And then Shreek Den, another Florida commit from Jacksonville Bartram, Bartram Trail. But, uh, you know, I think, again, you kind of you, you mentioned it earlier in the podcast, David, the the plan B's aren't always far off from the the plan A's. And I think Jermaine Matthews is a, I mean, of course, an Ohio state commit. So when you hear Ohio state and you hear defensive back, 
Um, obviously that coincides with, you know, potential NFL prospects. So uh, Jermaine Matthews is someone that they're, they're kicking the tires on right now. I could see them potentially turning things up if things don't go their way with one or two of these guys. But, you know, just a name I wanted to put on everyone's radar as someone that they're evaluating right now. Let's stay in the secondary too. And I guess like, you know, safety to me is kind of a hole in this class. Uh, they do have Caleb Spencer committed kind of a bigger in the box safety. Um, but if we're talking about like a free safety, you know, I think it's pretty obvious Miami needs to land someone. Derek Williams, who you mentioned earlier, would certainly fill that void. Is there any other names that you're kind of keeping an eye on there? Yeah, I, I think one name I'm probably still tracking is Conrad Hussey at, out of Fort Lauderdale, St. Thomas Aquinas. Um, you know, again, this is just kind of going back to December and the silliness that that could come not suggesting that, you know, he's backing off of a Penn state commitment or anything like that. But, you know, I do think that it's that he is someone that Miami remains, you know, pretty, pretty high on. And, you know, I think he's someone that they've liked over the course of the process. I mean, really since they kind of were able to offer him and evaluate him further once the new staff kind of settled in and all those different types of things, he has been to, to campus before. Uh, again, he's been kind of firm on that Penn state commitment. He hasn't really visited many places, but again, I do think that, uh, you know, Miami is still trying to work something out there. So if there's one more name, I'm probably just throwing out there right now. It would be Conrad Hussey. The other position group on defense, I think where, you know, it's pretty clear that they just got to throw bodies at uh, that, you know, with closing out this cycle is defensive line. And you mentioned a guy who is committed to USC. Uh, that is probably a name to know uh, is Sam Green a three-star he's a borderline three-star four-star type he's on the three-star side of things uh sam green defensive lineman 6'1 265 at a saint francis academy in baltimore maryland he committed to usc i don't know do you know when he committed there but i think it was uh, maybe like over the summer months or maybe early fall oh no you know what he committed to usc on uh, during a nationally televised game against Venice, I actually was at okay. the melting pot with my wife when he did that. So that's the only reason why that weird moment sticks out to me. Cause it just so happened to be on the TV at a restaurant in Miami high school football. Gotta love and, it. And why is he a name to know? Yeah. Uh, again, I think just an interior defensive lineman that Miami's uh, no, there's no commitments right now. You know, I think the board needs to continue to kind of expand. I think you need to kind of, ch again, you talk about throwing bodies. I mean, you need to find, guys who can kind of eventually potentially help you out there um you know sam green he is committed to usc he was just out in la for you know the trojans win over Notre dame he did say he's gonna kind of take the remainder of his official visits i think penn state is a school in there syracuse is a school he mentioned that he has an official visit with miami was a school he said he's talking with as well um and again he's kind of an, an athletic interior body maybe not ideal uh measurements again you mentioned six foot one 265 but man i would just encourage anyone to just kind of go on youtube find the find the game that saint francis academy which was i think number ranked you know near the top of the country in terms of this like top programs uh you know they host img academy and i thought sam green was pretty disruptive over the over the course of four quarters and, and that game kind of matched up with antonio trip a, a good amount of times and you know they have some fun battles there and I thought Sam Green did a good job getting into the backfield. So if you want to get a taste of Sam Green, uh, definitely YouTube IMG Academy versus St. Francis against good competition. I think Sam Green uh, definitely stood out. And then staying on the defensive line, 
but also a guy committed to a Pac-12 program. You mentioned Nicholas Fernandez, who is a Arizona Wildcat commit, three-star guy, six foot four, two sixty-five, out of San Pedro, California. What do we need to know there? Yeah, I think just a good, another, really just an evaluation piece. No offer, anything like that. Um, again, he's kind of a guy that plays a lot of positions, plays tight end, plays like DN, does a couple different things for his for his high school. Arizona obviously has his commitment, but again, I think it's someone that they're just kind of kicking the tires on right now, just kind of feeling him out in case they need to kind of go that direction. And again, he he has maybe you know better size and and all those different types of things. So uh, just kind of a name out there that uh you know just kind of came onto my radar that I passed along another that I think Miami tried to recruit um I don't think it went really well was Amari Washington who I think is a Chandler Arizona defensive lineman committed to to Oregon I think Miami really tried to to work something there but I think he relayed to them that he was firmly committed to the Ducks so I think Miami ended up pulling off but I think again it just shows that these guys are really yeah. still trying to work on these interior bodies and trying to figure out a way uh, to get some dudes on board. And again, I think the priority bodies are still the priority bodies. That's South Carolina right. commit Xavier McLeod, North Carolina commit Josh Horton. I think those two are still, you know, the the top two guys on the board, but you got to kind of figure out something behind them. And I think these are just a few names uh, to kind of know there. And also to um, one thing to keep in mind is, there is a, a set number of official visits yeah. that any program can host, uh, right? And Miami's kind of, it's not like a dire situation, but things are kind of tight there, right? It's not like they can go and just uh, host 10 recruits a weekend between now in the February signing period, right? They got to kind of pick and choose who they want to host on official visits. What's, what's the number there? And, you know, are you concerned about it? Yeah, I'm kind of concerned about it. So it's 21 official visits. And I mean, I thought, I don't know where in my head, I thought that it may be a reset at like in January or something like that, but this is what Miami's dealing with until Really until like, I think in mid-March is when the calendar changes or, or from what I understand based on, you know, a conversation I had, you know, post-game at a Hard Rock Stadium on Saturday. So Miami's operating with 21 official visits between now and between basically March. And I guess you don't really use official visits after January, but I guess for, I guess it depends on that transfer window or if there's any transfers. Right. I don't know. I, I, I don't know exactly how that works with the windows. If guys can, it's still all maybe... it's transfers and high school, right? It's everybody. It's, it's for, right. for, for, for everyone. So it's high school kids, it's transfers, it's all that stuff. So you got 21 official visits to use basically until the calendar resets. So yeah, Miami's going to have to be, I think that's maybe the thing they're trying to figure out most right now. It's not necessarily, who they're going after. It's kind of who they're bringing in because they have to, the, the hit rate on those official visits needs to be pretty high because you can't risk just throwing an official visit at a guy. If you feel like you have no chance of getting him, because again, you are very, very limited right now and how many of those you have. So interesting situation that these guys are kind of in. And this is to just to add to this, this is that apparently they got six rollover visits from like the previous cycle. So they, I mean, this is obviously with new staff, all these different types of things. Uh, they've obviously brought a lot of kids in to visit. 
uh, over the summer and all those, all that fun stuff. So this is, uh, it's going to be, it's definitely something that people in Coral Gables are trying to figure out, trying to work through and trying to manage really. It's a lot, it's a lot of planning, but I do believe David, I think you mentioned the contact period opens up here on December 3rd. I, I think Miami could be hosting official visits just as soon as this coming weekend. So um, I, I think that they're already trying to, you know, figure yeah. out this whole thing. And I, but I do think they're going to kind of start moving forward with those, not maybe even holding on to them and saving them for one big visit weekend or anything like that. They're going to start using these things to, uh, while they got them. Yeah. It's interesting. It becomes a math problem. Right. And yeah. uh, so, you know, Miami is at 19 commitments, I believe right now. Yeah. Um, have all of them visited officially except maybe Antoine? Yeah, Ant- I guess Antoine hasn't. Caleb Spencer hasn't. Um, okay. I don't think Frankie Tinelau has either. Um, okay. I would have to go through. Let me see if I can just like. So that would be thing. 21 minus three. So that's 18 yeah. left, right? Yeah, I would say so. I don't and think then... the Washingtons have officially visited either. Okay, so that would be 16 left. Um, yeah. And then you got, let's say, hypothetically, Miami can. Well, it's hard because there are guys that have officially visited that still haven't made a decision yet, like a Damari Brown, right? Correct. So that's that wouldn't be an official visit of a target that you would count. Also like a Samson Okanlola, right? Yeah. Um, but basically you got 16 visits. If if all these official if all these commits are going to uh visit, which they should, uh that's 16 left, you know. Miami probably wants to sign six more high school guys and what, 12 more high school or transfer guys. So that would be like 18. Yeah. Um, now in the past, like last year, Frank Ladson was a transfer. He's a local guy. He didn't need to take an official visit to Miami, right? Like he knows what Miami's all about. So you didn't have right. to use an official visit there. So, you know, there's, I don't think it's a big, big, big deal, but you do have to be intentional, I guess, is, is our point Yeah, with these official visits. So I think the bottom line is the guys that are official visiting, they are guys that Miami really, really, really wants, and they cannot waste an official visit on those guys. Is that fair to say? Yeah, no, exactly. And again, I think this is, this is kind of a point that I tried to hammer down. Um, before, I mean, let's, I mean, Samuel and Pemba, the pass rusher at IMG Academy. I mean, I think he was kind of in his mind was like, yeah, I'm going to officially visit Miami the weekend of Pitt, like, you know, the last weekend of the regular season and just kind of, you know, take that trip down to Miami. I mean, he's obviously leaning to Georgia and I think Miami pumped the brakes there real quick. And they're just like, Hey, look, if, if you're, if this right. isn't legit, like, you know, if you're not seriously considering us, if you're going to Georgia or if you're going somewhere else that's not here and you're kind of trying to spend the weekend in Miami, like we can't do that right now. Like that's not the that's not the position we're in. We can't just, you know, take one last ditch effort at you if you're telling us that or if you're not assuring us that there is a very legitimate chance that that you're going to come here. So, uh, you know, I think I don't know if Miami scrapped that or if it was never actually set from their end. And that was kind of the weekend he had in mind. But that's the way Miami's operating right now. Like they they need to know if there's a guy, if these guys are actually 
you know, really seriously considering coming here before they're going to move forward with any of these officials, which is honestly, I think it's going to be something to kind of keep in mind too, because I think, you know, if I could hit, if someone is officially visiting, if someone's in Miami, Miami feels like they can kind of get them because they're not, again, they're not just tossing these things around maybe one or two, they'll kind of, you know, shoot their shot at someone. But I think for the most part, they need to be as efficient as they can with these. So I think paying attention to officials is important. I wonder how many they leave like after the December signing period too. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's going to be interesting too. All right. So let's take a break. And on the other side, we will answer some mailbag questions. Gabby picked out a few uh, from the message board to discuss here on the podcast. So we'll get into that. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. All right, we are back. Gabby, let's hop into it. The first question comes from Jesus46. In your opinion, Gabby, who is some of the most likely flip targets Miami could get? Yeah, I mean, this is always a fun question just because, again, this is December and this is going to be madness. I know that's something we talked about on the front end of the show. So, I mean, we, we let's talk potential flips. I mean, I think that's what this month is going to be about. I think it's going to be about Miami holding on to theirs, not allowing guys to flip from, from their class. And then obviously Miami trying to, you know, hold on. I mean, flip guys from other people's class. So some of the names, uh, you know, we definitely mentioned already, uh, I guess, starting on the defensive side of the ball. Um, that's, I mean, Xavier McLeod, the big defensive lineman out of South Carolina. I think he's one that Miami feels like, you know, they definitely have some traction with. Um, I, I'm kind of interested to see how much South Carolina's recent success kind of combats Miami's efforts here, because obviously yeah, that's, a, that's, that's an, in, that's an in-state program for, for Xavier McLeod. He's, he's a Camden, South Carolina, uh, native, uh, South Carolina just beat Clemson. They just beat Tennessee. Seems like Shane Beamer could be potentially turning the corner of that program. So I'm, I'm wondering how much that, that influences, uh, another one, Joshua Horton is another, he's committed to North Carolina. Miami's been really, really, really trying to, you know, push there. He, they did get him down on campus, uh, for, for the Duke game or like at least a hard rock stadium for the Duke game. I'm sure he was on campus as well. Um, and then a couple guys on defense, I think that there's still some confidence in where Miami sits with, uh, with Jakeem Jackson, who's a Florida commit. We also mentioned on the front end of this show, uh, Micah Mays is a Wake Forest wide receiver commit. He just spent, excuse me, he just spent the, he he, he just took in uh, Florida State versus Florida up in Tallahassee. He does not have a Florida State offer, 
Uh, so I think that that's something to kind of consider throughout this throughout this whole ordeal. Miami, it does he does have a Miami offer. Miami is actively recruiting him. So I think Micah Mays is another one. And, uh, you know, again, in terms of, of flip guys, I think those are a few, um, you know, that I think Miami fans need to continue to keep on the at the forefront uh, of about, their mind, David. Yeah, go ahead. Dan Quan, what are things still... Yeah, is Miami still interested for sure. For sure, no. Stan Quan's definitely another one that's a part of that. Uh, a, a part of that equation. Miami definitely looking for more linebacker help. Um, I think that became blatantly obvious how thin at least the position was over the course of the season. Uh, encouraged about Wesley the Saint, but yeah, Stan Quan Clark, uh, the linebacker out of Miami Central, he's committed to Louisville. Uh, I know Auburn's making a, a real push there. Uh, they obviously have don't have their situation all tidied up quite yet with their head coaching search still ongoing. But, um, you know, I know Miami's and Miami and Auburn are two schools that are really, really coming after Stan Quan Clark. So, uh, you know, it's going to be interesting to see uh, how they're able to kind of figure things out there. Yeah. And it'll be interesting to monitor, like, does Miami take some quote unquote long shot swings on guys like Brandon Ennis, Hakeem Williams, yeah, local sure. five-star receivers. Um and yeah, I'm sure there will be more. Definitely. Just the nature of guys exploring their options here in the final push. Um, second question comes from GoCanes6250. This is more of a hypothetical, but if you had to if you had the power to guarantee one player committing to Miami and signing on early signing day, who would it be? We you could make one pick one player pick Miami so yeah. I'm I guess I'm confused by the question but tell me how you interpret it is this Gabby gets to pick any player in the country to yeah. go to Miami or is yeah. it you're predicting someone to pick Miami yeah no I think it's that we have the power to pick one player and say hey buddy you're going to Miami which I thought okay. was kind of I thought it was kind of a fun practice I obviously w- wouldn't go too off the wall and away from the pack in terms of just like someone that's completely out of the scope of possibility. But I think it would, I think it'd be fun. Like, Hey, I think for both of us, really, like if we could pick one, one guy, um, okay. you know, that would just like, Hey buddy, you're going to Miami. And, you know, I think that would really help. So uh, I think, I mean, I, I think there's obviously a couple different directions um, that we can go here, but pick I mean, one. I'm probably, I'm going to go Brandon Ennis, man. And okay. uh, I think when I started, I think when I first heard the question, my mind went somewhere else. But I think Brandon Ennis is probably the one guy just because I think it would have such a ripple effect. I think it would have a long, I think it would have like a long-term ripple effect in terms of, you know, even maybe some 2024 kids in terms of like the Josiah Trader, the Jeremiah Smith. And then again, I just think the overall mentality, demeanor of what Brandon Ennis would bring, what it would mean to flip him from a school like Ohio State, um, I think would be just a massive, massive win for the program. Um, you know, obviously he's just an extraordinarily talented prospect, but I think everything else that comes along with Brandon Innes and what that would signify for Mario Cristobal and the staff would, uh, would just be monumental for the program. And of course, I think that would put Miami in position, obviously to get Damari Brown, who's a top cornerback target. And I think Mark Fletcher would, uh, you know, not, I don't know if it's by default, but I think it would be tough right. for him to decide to go to Florida instead of Miami, if both those guys were on board. So um, I would probably go Brandon Innes right now, but uh, I definitely had some other names in mind, David. I'm curious where you would go. I'd go Samson. I, yeah. Samson Okunlola, the five-star offensive lineman. Um, I just think 
this this offense that Mario Cristobal wants to run, uh, the success of that offense is predicated on the success of the offensive line. And uh, not many schools, period, over the last five cycles have signed two five-star offensive tackles. And so that would put Miami in elite category. I think both those guys would start as true freshmen. And I think in two or three years, you would potentially have one of the best offensive lines in the country. And then it just kind of rolls downhill because uh, a good offensive line makes your quarterback look good, uh, which allows receivers time to get open, which allows um, running back space to pick up yards. You know, I look at Oregon and what Mario has left behind this year. I don't know what they did this past week, uh, but going into that Oregon State game, Oregon had allowed like seven sacks on the whole season. Um, And, you know, Bo Nix going into the month of November was kind of this fringe Heisman candidate. uh, And he's by far having his most productive year. But what I would ask is, is Bo Nix all of a sudden a lot better? Or is it just he has all day to operate? at Oregon behind that offensive line that Mario Cristobal recruited and left behind. So, um, you know, offensive line play isn't exciting. I get it. Um, but it is critical to success. And in general, you look at the best offenses in college football. Yes. They all have tremendous quarterbacks, running backs, wide receivers, but the things that the thing that does get overlooked, I think, is how good those offensive lines are. USC has a tremendous offense this year. They're also a semifinalist for the Joe Moore Award. Um, Georgia puts up a ton of points with Stetson Bennett, who I think is a pretty good college quarterback. Um, but he also plays behind one of the best offensive lines in college football. Michigan, look at what they just did to Ohio State. Um, I just think this is Mario's area of expertise and it would be important for him to go out and sign two five-star offensive tackles in his first five, in his first full cycle. And I think that's possible. We'll see, but get it done. Yeah, no, Samson Akinlola, obviously a great option as well. I thought, I mean, I think it would be awesome to watch Mario Cristobal work with two like elite talents like that. I found it fascinating, David. I know you wrote this a few days ago or maybe last week, just kind of going through like even like the star status of this Oregon offensive line that Mario kind of brought in. I mean, I think three of the five starters were three stars. One of them was like not ranked and the other one was like a four star Juco guy. So Mario Cristobal was able to develop, obviously, guys who didn't, you know, break the star system or anything like that. So with uh, with some elite talent, I think it's really it would be really encouraging to see what this line would look like. And then honestly, it makes me, it it honestly encourages me about what even the rest of this offensive line class uh, could potentially turn into just because I think that's what these guys do when they're able to kind of set those, you know, kind of set their ground and, and, you know, you know, steady those roots and all that stuff with, uh, you know, their process. So yeah, I think Samson Akinlola, obviously a really good one. I'm just going to throw out another name that I, that kind of came to mind and that was Anthony Hill, just because I think, uh, a, a top tier linebacker, linebacker. like yeah. just like a big, big time linebacker to kind of just, 
you know, shift that room around, I think would be massive. That was one of the first names that came to mind, honestly. Is Miami sniffing around there? What's your understanding? Because he decommitted. He did decommit from Texas A&M. And I think the feeling was that he could have, you know, potentially quickly, uh, you know, gave a commitment to Texas. Uh, I'm not sure if he's playing it out. I mean, again, I think we've talked about this too, David. If you're a top flight recruit, I don't think there's any use in shutting things down earlier than you need to just because of, uh, you know, obviously all the potential opportunities that can come with dragging it on, making it dramatic and creating, you know, multiple, you know, kind of like opportunities for other programs to get involved too. And again, I, this is, I don't know what to expect this December. I do believe Miami is poking around. I do believe Miami is having conversations there. Um, you know, his dad is a South Florida native. I think I got on the phone with his dad once and he still has a 305 telephone number. Uh, so, you know, it, it's, I, I do think that Miami could be something that he could potentially look at, but I also think it's notable that he stepped away from Texas A&M following that. What, what, what was it? Four and seven year, whatever, maybe it was five, five and, and seven. maybe, maybe five and seven. Um, and didn't seem like they were kind of on board for all that. So I'm not sure if they're going to be on board for five and seven at my for on a Miami team that did not beat a top five ranked LSU team at home. So um, I don't know. We'll, we'll see. But I do think Miami's going to try to, again, take their shot. If I was going to flip and pick a defensive guy for this category, I'd go Ruben Bain. So yeah. um, similar, similar reasons for what you stated with Brandon Ennis, uh, but on the defensive side, just a local guy, good player kind of embodies the culture that Mario Cristobal would also want at Miami. Uh, Last question we got comes from Jersey Kane fan 20. Hey, Gabby, if you can explain in your own words, what exactly is the message Mario and the coaches are sharing to recruits that are keeping them interested in Miami, even though we are trash this year, I believe if we had like, if we had a year like this with Manny or the other coaches, we would absolutely get murdered in recruiting. What are they doing so well in your eyes to still have a top 10 class with a shot at a top five class with this type of season? Yeah. You know, I think that's a very fair question. Um, just because, just because again, most, most schools that have a five and seven year don't sign top 10 classes. Um, it's just not something you ordinarily see. Uh, so, you know, I do think that it's in, just kind of maybe clarifying what it is that I've, I've, at least I've heard from recruits um, over the course of the season. And when things have gone bad, it's really, to me, it ultimately comes down to, I don't think Mario Cristobal set very high expectations for this team internally, you know, like to, when he's having those conversations with recruits, I don't think he was selling a vision of, Hey, 2022 is going to be this glamorous year one. And we immediately figured it out and we're going to go, we're going to go accomplish all these things. I think the message to them was always, we need you to fix this around because this, you know, this place needs some work and there's an opportunity for you to come in here and, you know, work hard, contribute and be a part of the solution. I don't think, again, I think we, as in, you know, talking about, talking about myself too, like I'm guilty. Obviously we set higher expectations for this team in year one of Mario Cristobal. You know, I think I predicted what was it? Nine and four or whatever coming into the season, I thought, I thought they would be able to kind of, you know, get it going a little bit quicker. But again, I think, 
you know, within the four walls of Mario Cristobal over, over those cell phone conversations, maybe over zoom conferences. I don't think that that, I don't think he was telling anyone that they were going to win nine games this year or 10 games or play for the ACC championship game. I think he was telling everyone, Hey, this is a roster that needs a lot of, this is a lost a roster that needs a lot of work. Uh, this is a program that's going to take time to build. We think that you could be a part of helping this program eventually get to where it needs to be. It's not there right now. It's not where we want it to be right now. But we think with, you know, a strong class of you guys, with you, with you, Cormani McLean, who can come in and, you know, com- compete for playing time as a freshman with Francis Malagoa, who David, as you mentioned, could be a day one starter along the offensive line with, uh, you know, all these different guys, Robbie Washington, Nathaniel Joseph, uh, you know, Jaden Wayne, Riley Williams, all these highly ranked kids that they got on board. It was always like, hey, come in here, come work hard, and we're going to get this thing right. It's going to happen. It's a matter of when and not if. And, uh, you know, we're not there right now, but come be a part of fixing this. So I really think ultimately that's the the message that Mario Cristobal has has kind of delivered from the jump. And that's why I don't think we're seeing a ton of panic with the with the losing season because again I don't think it's catching the families or the prospects by surprise uh considering this is what that they this is what they've kind of heard since they've been recruited by Miami I think when they committed to Miami they understood that it wasn't going to be instant gratification of oh like all these different types of things maybe it didn't go maybe it it went a little bit worse than some expected but i think the the baseline is that uh you know mario cristobal one is a fantastic recruiter uh that builds awesome relationships and it seems like families and 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 you know parents really trust him and all those different types of things and then uh again those expectations within internally of the program and it, within those recruiting talks were never as high as maybe it were from the fan base. So while we are disappointed and while fans should be rightfully disappointed, um, I think if, you know, you're a fly on the wall and maybe were around over the course of the last six months inside the heck, inside the Carol Sofer indoor practice facility on green tree. Um, you know, I think those people maybe aren't as quite as, as surprised as maybe we are um, though. They are, you know, tremendously disappointed with how things went. Yeah, I think some of it is that. I think also, like you mentioned, Mario's a maniac with recruiting. He's very involved. Uh, you know, you'd be hard pressed to find a head coach that recruits harder than him, puts more time and effort into it than him. So I think that's one thing. And also, too, I think this can't be overlooked. And and honestly, I think this is a credit to Mario Cristobal. I don't say this by taking away credit from the recruiting job that Miami does. Miami has their NIL stuff um, on point. And uh, I don't know, quite frankly, if any other coach could have inspired the South Florida community, the, the University of Miami community to pour in the resources that are being poured um, at this level uh, to help get this thing up off the ground and rolling downhill. And, you know, this is a time of where college football is evolving rapidly into a different type of game. And, you know, the bottom line is you have to adapt or die as a leader. And uh, Mario Cristobal has helped the University of Miami adapt in this way. Um, And right now, if you don't have your NIL on point, uh, you're not going to land the most talented recruits in the country. So 
again, I think this is a credit to Mario Cristobal. It does not take away from his ability to recruit. Um, so I think that's worth saying as well. So we'll wrap it up there. Uh, Miami does have a top 10 class. I think they're still going to make a push for a top five class uh, at the end of the day, at the end of the cycle. And again, my, uh, we have a 75% off deal. Uh, this is going to be the best deal of the year. You're not going to get a cheaper annual subscription to InsideTheU.com than $27. So, uh, again, the next few weeks are going to be exciting. We'll see how Miami closes. I would take advantage of that deal. Uh, appreciate everyone who already has. Appreciate everyone who listens, no matter what, here on Through the Smoke. Until next time, take care. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast wherever you get your podcasts.